Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is the show where we share cutting edge strategies to help marketing directors, CMOs, business owners, just like you, to get more leads and sales to ultimately achieve your vision. And today's episode, I'm pretty excited about Kasim because this is sort of a circle of who discovered who here on today's show. It's the circle of life. It really is. It's like the circle of life, the circle of digital marketing influence. Because my claim to fame is that I discovered you, when in fact, it was probably really Ryan Dice. But then Ryan Dice discovered me. So maybe he's the great granddaddy of all of this. That's kind Ryan of Dice is the great grandfather. Yeah. yeah, he really is of all things marketing. And then you discovered our guest for today, or so you say, but I think she really sort of discovered herself. She was famous on her own in the digital marketing space before she you She was famous arrived. in Australia. Yeah. And you took her global? Is that what yeah, we're I saying Yeah, I took her global. Here? That's right. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. And I've seen Mad Max, so I know that Australia is nothing but a wasteland. Like, we, <laughs> needed, to, we needed to bring her- It's just the outback. Really. Right. There's no nice beaches or big cities yeah. or anything like that. There's yeah. no beautiful theaters or- Nothing right. like that. Yeah. Opera houses. So today's show has a guest where we're going to be talking about the thing- that I think is the core of all things marketing, all things business. It's a big promise, Kasim, but it's all about offers. You heard about those things? Hormozzi no. wrote a book about it. Dice talks Who? about it. Some guy named Hormozzi, <laughs> big beard, you know. Not ringing a bell. Not ringing a bell. Never no. heard of him. So yeah, but our guest today is actually going to show really how it's done. And I think that Hormozzi got his ideas from her. I think that's really how it kind of works. Yeah. So pretty excited to have Alicia Collin heard on Perpetual Traffic this week. Welcome to PT, Alicia. Thank you. What an amazing intro. My favorite one ever. And thank you, Kasim, for plucking me out of the wasteland that is Australia and allowing me to have this life that I now have. So I'm forever in, in your debt. <laughs> You're welcome. I saved you, really. I know yeah, that now. Yeah, you do. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a program we're going to launch. It's an Adopt an Aussie. <laughs> For less than the price of coffee, you too can save yeah. someone from the Australian outback. She was like living in a tent in the middle of the outback. Or being attacked by you've... kangaroos. And I, have you seen that video of the kangaroo like holding the dog hostage and the guy? Yep. Yeah, that it. happens on a daily basis. Like It's All an epidemic. And they're at my door right now. I can see them, yeah. I figured. Luckily, right. the foundation that Kasim started, I've actually got walls now, so they're kept out. Right. But before that, no. You would have been eaten alive. Yeah. Back in the days before Kasim discovered you. So that's right. great. We're going to get so much Australian hate mail now. <laughs> I know. It's like, there goes our ratings in Australia, right I down know. the shitter. Which we actually rank really well in Australia. Have you seen that in Chartable? Yeah, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. I don't understand why they like us there. They really shouldn't. You know what it is, dude? It's The Aussies are no bullshit and so are we. Is that it? I, I think so. I'm going to tell myself that. 
Well, we've got a no bullshit Aussie today as our guest. And um, is Aussie a pejorative, by the way? Are we allowed to say that? Is that just your word? <laughs> no, it's okay. We let others okay. say it as well. You're allowed. That's good. We just have to be careful. You never know. Yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah. I'll allow it. We just don't say it right. I think. We yeah. Just say it with a nasally American accent. So, well, anyway, you're going to get your fill of Aussie accent here today on Perpetual Traffic, talking about the most important thing in marketing. We should have and subtitles. Yeah, we might. We might, yeah, actually. You YouTube. know what we should do is we should throw this into Hagen so that she sounds like an American or like a Southerner. Oh, you want me to? You know? Oh, you want me to do my American accent? I can talk in your language. <laughs> oh my God, that's so terrible. <laughs> do you Uh-oh. understand me now, sweetheart? Is that better? Okay. You're from Louisiana. No, I don't know. I'm from yeah. America. Yeah, just all around. Mel- <laughs> Melbourne, Louisiana. We're going to get into today's episode and actually talk about something meaningful. And I highly recommend that you head over to our YouTube channel, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. Alicia is going to be getting into a little bit of her traffic and conversion summit talk, which I thought was amazing. Probably not the whole thing here, but you definitely want to tune into our YouTube channel to see that live and talk about how she's able to craft offers, sometimes out of thin air. Apparently, people like just come to you with no idea of business and just want you to do it all. That's not what we're going to be talking about today, but how to craft offers that actually really sell crack-like offers or crack-a-lacka offers, Custom, We're not really sure. Crack-a-lacka offers. We're going to get into that right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back with Alicia Conlon Hurd. I want to say Colin Hurd, but it's Conlon Hurd. Kasim, just don't make that mistake because you're going to be doing the introduction. Like, who is this woman? How did she get on perpetual traffic? 
And how did Kasim discover her? So I'd love to know all of that here before we get into the real good stuff with Crackalaka Crack-like offers. Yeah, Alicia was introduced by a mutual friend, Michael Nadlin, who's also worth looking up. He's a thought leader in the traffic space, sharp cat. And I had her on my YouTube channel and she did a live teardown on my website. You can see that video on my YouTube channel, the solutions at YouTube, look for Alicia Conlon Heard. And she ripped us apart. She was just told me all the ways that I'm stupid and things that I can prove upon, which I really appreciated. I don't know. She could have held back. And I imagine she did just a little bit, but it was a big learning experience. And it was a tough spot because I put her on the spot. I was like, all right, you're good at CRO, prove it. And she crushed it. And then from there, I've just always been a fan. Anytime, especially the on-site stuff comes up, I generally bring her up. And then all of a sudden I turned around and she'd like turned famous. And she was a MC at Traffic and Conversion and she had a really good, well-reviewed talk and everybody loved her. And I don't know, I felt, I was like, wait a minute, I found Lelisha, I want all the credit for this. And then Ralph, because you found me, we decided that you're basically the, the grandfather. And, and Ryan, Ryan Dice, Dice is the great, is the grandfather. great grandfather. And then whoever right. found Ryan Dice, who would that be? Is that Perry Belcher? No, that would probably be like Dan Kennedy. Okay. He's the yeah. great great grandfather, and then and there that, we've identified know, God. The like, like before that, yeah. Dan begat Ryan. Ryan begat Ralph. Ralph begat et cetera, et cetera. So here we are. But Alicia's the co-founder of Persuasion Experience, which is worth looking into. The joke that Ralph and I make all the time is: you don't have a traffic problem; you have an everything else problem. And Persuasion Experience helps with the everything else, and they do it really well. We've been able to work alongside each other in some varying degrees. And I'm a Alicia Conlon Heard fan, and I have a feeling that if you're listening to this episode, you're going to take a lot away from it. How did I do, Alicia? Anything that I missed that you'd want to buttress or add? Scaffold? No, I love my lineage. How good that my great 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 grandfather is Dan Kennedy. Dan that, Kennedy. Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah. Great. You didn't miss anything. Nailed it. Awesome. I think we got the tree right there. Yeah. yeah. So, well, now the bar's set high too. So the listeners are like, all right, let's see. Let's see <laughs> yeah, if great. All Alicia, Dan, sure. Right. Go take it away. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to offers, what makes a great offer? You've seen a lot of probably crappy ones. You've helped augment good ones and turn them into great ones. But what what is it sort of at the core of it? And I know that was a big part of your TNC presentation, which... Now, a lot of people, I think they get caught up in the other logistics of marketing and they sort of forget that core thing. And it's oftentimes the thing that, you know, running an agency myself, offers have usually a life cycle. And then you need to move on and or either change it up, edit it, add something new to it. One offer I've rarely seen like last into perpetuity. So like what constitutes a great offer? Mm. I'm going to zoom out. What is an offer? Because I think a lot of people, it's like, what, what that? They send traffic and they're like, okay, click my call to action if they have one. So zooming out, your offer is all of the different components of a funnel. But a funnel is not optional, right? A funnel is just every single touch point that somebody has with your business. That's how we think about it. So a lot of people think their funnel is Russell Brunson, internet marketer, that's optional. I don't need that. But actually, it's just every touch point post-click. Now, what is an offer? An offer is what you put in front of somebody to persuade and motivate them to take the next step with your business. So, throughout your funnel, you have different offers. And when we create this funnel, 
We're not looking for a big knockout punch. Yes. Hey, nice to meet you, club you over the head, drag you back to my business and make you sign up. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for a series of micro yeses. So the three core offers in these funnels or your series of micro yeses as it pertains to lead generation, especially, is you have an authority beacon. That's just my fancy name for a lead magnet done properly because you've got a name shit. So you have an authority beacon. Then you have your lead generation offer. And then you have a sales offer. And they each have a different purpose. Everything has a different point. The traffic gets the click. And then each of these offers take the next micro yes with your business. So I know that's the monologue no one asked for, but that is hopefully more context around what actually is an offer when I'm talking about it. So one leads to the next, leads to the yes. next. I love the idea of a series of micro yeses, yes. which one of the things that you know, personally for me, like drew me to marketing. The reason why after 20 years in sales, I went into the marketing profession is because sales was just an extension really of marketing. It was influence. It was how you get as many yeses to ultimately to get the sale. And then that was like the thing that paid the bills, made me excited. And then marketing is just sort of on a much larger scope more less individual one-on-one to the masses but then really it's the same thing as sales it's a series of micro yes yes that makes sense i'll go to the next step yes that makes sense i'll go to the next step and i think that tie-in is not something that people really think about they think about just the big yes which is the purchase or the thing at the end or you know as dice says the core offer or whatever term you want to put on it But that's not really, I mean, that is an offer, but a lot of offers have to happen before that. The argument could be made, you need to be able to provide a lot of content. We'll leave links in the show notes. Alicia has an awesome YouTube channel. Like all of those, if you watch more of a video, that's a yes. All of those things lead ultimately to the next step. So I love the idea of a series of micro yeses. It makes total sense. Yeah. And I agree with you. This is, and this is what a lot of marketers probably don't get, but the selling starts in the marketing and it's not compartmentalized. The whole idea of your marketing is that the sales is superfluous, meaning it's unnecessary. There's no selling. It just, people are predetermined. They come to you, they're ready to buy because you've had that series of micro yeses. So by the time they're hearing the sales offer, they're ready. They are ready. It's not a hardcore close. And so I do believe, because my background is in cold calling and telco sales and agency sales, so I do believe that the best marketers are ex-salespeople because it's the same psychology. It's just persuasion, right? It's all the same thing. Can I just, I just want to meditate on what you just said for a moment, because I think that's really, really interesting. The whole point of marketing is to make sales superfluous. Now, first of all, I can imagine a bunch of salespeople hearing that and being pissed off. But man, what an amazing paradigm shift that is. Because if that were true, and I really like it, so I'm not challenging it. But if that were true, I think it would change the way so many of us market. Instead of just attention grabbing it, it moves marketing into things like expectation management and greater degrees of user understanding. And it changes the narrative entirely. It's not just about the broadest reach. It's now also about education. Exactly. And so when we work with our clients, for example, they don't want leads, they want buyers. 
it's very easy to clock up the score and get them leads. I can get someone to submit a form. That's not what they want. They want, as my American clients say, Benjamins in the bank, right? Like they want Benjamins Alicia. That's what I want. Yeah, I'm on it. Please tell me nobody's ever said that. What an obnoxious person to work with. All I want are Benjamins in the bank. Oh, no. And so, yeah, it's like you have to deliver high-quality leads. You want to deliver high-quality clients. And if marketing isn't the first step of sales, then what is it? What is it? Why are we doing it? What's the point? The whole point is to close somebody. So why are we doing marketing? I remember this was always a debate like way back. Uh, I'm going to date myself. Back in my day. <laughs> 19 dickety two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ralph. Way back in 2009, <laughs> well, ago, let me tell you. <laughs> Sorry, Ralph. This was a huge debate. I remember this was like a social media marketing versus digital marketer debate. And I remember talking to Ryan about this. And he said that goal is not to just get a bunch of leads or people to follow you. The Goal is so simple. This is the reason why I became a Ryan Dice fan. It's like, that's all a precursor to them actually saying yes to buy something from you. Your mm. goal is not likes and shares and comments. We were talking about this before we hit record. Who cares about a video that gets a million views if it doesn't sell anything? Like the goal, you've got hundreds, if not maybe even thousands, I haven't counted, but you've got a lot of videos. You're not doing those for your health. You're doing them obviously to educate people and to... I mean, there is a certain element of, yes, we educate because we like to build authority and all these other sorts of things, ego gratification. But that's not really the reason. The reason is to ultimately sell a product or service that you know in your heart of hearts that if they buy it, they will be better off as a result of it. So if you get a video that's 200 views and half of those people are your ideal customer profile... Maybe one or two of them fills out an application. Like that's a more successful video than a million view video that gets you nothing. Yeah. Except ego. We call it optimizing for the ego. And so what a lot of people, as a quick tangent on content, it's called content with intent. What's your intention? Because I know, and I know because I'm in the little LinkedIn scene, I'm on there sharing my wares, but I know that there's people with huge followings, huge, 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 hundreds of thousands, and they can't monetize it. That's not what you want. You don't want a bunch of fans. You want followers and you want to know how to actually convert and monetize the attention. And that, my friends, is where good office comes in. Bam. So talk to us about, maybe this is the screen share time, like maybe just some examples of ways in which you've been able to optimize good offers, turn them into great offers, how that process sort of has gone on, maybe with some specifics here. Yes, sir. Okay. Everyone can see my screen. All right. Presentation already. I know. This yes. is from my I little keynote, you know, Richard Branson, Damon John, me, all keynoting, BFFs. So this one in particular, this is a good story. Now, when we're creating an offer, there's stages and there's stages to everything in marketing. So if your marketing's not working, I know you've cooked one of these stages. Research, strategy, execution, optimization. And so... What do most people not do? No one does the research. It's unsexy. No one likes it. It takes time. But marketing is inputs and outputs, yeah? Garbage in, garbage out. And so what most people do is they skip to execution. They don't even do the strategy. They just start making a landing page. What are you, like, what are you making your landing page on? I'll show you this example and I'll talk about those stages. So, for example, this is one of our clients, a luxury home builder remodeler out of 
Dallas, Texas, Build TX. They do beautiful work. You can check them out on Instagram. And so when we were doing her offer and her new landing page, we started doing research on the target market and the competitors. And some of the things that we found were, one, the market were all women who wanted to stay in their homes. So women, remember that. Number two was that most of the competitors, the next micro step that they were putting out there was to get a free quote. But what was happening with these women is that they were building these mood boards on Pinterest and on Instagram and they didn't really know what they wanted yet. They needed help with the design. What we did then was instead of actually the last thing that is in this market that is relevant from the research is that there's horror stories. So either everybody or everybody that they knew has had a horror story with a builder where it's gone bad and the builders ripped them off and they've had a bad time. So we knew all of this. So now we can start to do the positioning and talking in the language of the target market. But the way that we created the offer was, okay, well, the next micro step is not a quote. How can you get a quote on something that you don't know what you want? So then we started to think selling sunset, blah, blah, blah champagne. So the offer was apply for your champagne design consultation with Dallas's top remodeling and additions firm. That was the next micro step. The next step was not a boring quote with some male like testosterone fueled boring marketing. It was have a sexy champagne design consultation with our team of women and come in with your Pinterest board and we'll figure out how to build you the home of your dreams. So that's one offer. That's an example. Can I ask you something about this? This is great. This is one of the reasons why I thought your presentation at TNC was one of the best ones I saw, even better than that Cossum guy. Oh, that dude. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. They were great. They were both I great. knew this is where this would go. <laughs> I, uh, they all turn on you. <laughs> He's the co-host of the show. We give each other a lot of crap. No, but anyway, the point is, is I, I was curious where you got some of the language for that like where did champagne design consultation come from because i think we have to deconstruct this a bit before we go on to the next mm -hmm. one but like that right there was that through research was that through your avatar what they said mm. or was that just something that came to you you know in the shower and said that's it <laughs> um shower thoughts they are my best thoughts and that's the thing about marketing right it's an art and a science and so i have templates and i can give people templates of our offer templates, but you still need the art side of it. And so it came from being, it just literally was like me and my co-founder, we were like, you know what chicks love? Selling sunset. You know what else chicks love? Champagne. And then we were like, let's do, like, how can we, like, how can we make this exciting? And we're like, well, everything else is a boring free quote if they, if the competitors even have a clear call to action or, or offer. I would use that term loosely. And so it was just understanding the market and getting obsessed with the market and thinking what is something really exciting that we could put in front of them that if they were trying to feed their kids at night or they were laying in bed and they didn't take it up, they'd like wake up in a cold sweat and think, shit, I should have done that. Like, why didn't I take that up? And that's the feeling we want to have with our offers. I feel like that, that, that brainstorm meeting could go horribly wrong. Depending on who's in the room, it right? You know chicks and love. how much champagne is drank. <laughs> yeah, as well. yeah, exactly right. You know what chicks dig? Yeah, and I know because I'm a chick, so <laughs> chicks dig things. I guess that's what you need is you need somebody who really understands the avatar. Yeah, but I think like think about the average offer in this market, and I know we have people who listen to this show that if you just implement something similar to this, this will change the trajectory of your business. Get your free quote 
would be like the typical call to action, correct? Like that's what it was, or not even a consultation. It was like a quote, but what am I quoting? Because I don't even know what I want yet. And that idea right there is the key to a great offer because you've done the research on the avatar and what their problem is. The problem is, I don't have a, they can get quotes anywhere, but then once they get a quote, what does that mean? I, I don't even know what my kitchen is going to look like. So I need a consultation to be able to visualize what it could be. And then therefore, that's your first micro yes. And then your second yes after that. I don't really know what the funnel is, but having bought a few kitchens in my day, I know they're very, very expensive. <laughs> yeah. You know, Then it's the, all right, well, what's it going to cost? And then maybe I'll shop that design around to a couple of different firms. But that's a huge part to an offer, which people forget. It's like, what is the barrier? What's the pain point that's maybe just below the surface that you can provide a solution for that gets them to that next step? Exactly. And what's like a good actionable thing from this topic so far? Just think when you're putting, because it depends on the temperature of traffic and the stage of the buyer's journey. That's what we're talking about here to start putting labels of it. So, Temperature of traffic, meaning if it's social media traffic versus if it's on your email list or on Google actively looking for you, that's a different bullseye of the market. We're entering a different conversation, which means we put a different offer in front of them, right? And so, all you're thinking is based on that temperature of traffic, based on that stage of the buyer's journey, and if you've never mapped it out, go and look up Eugene Schwartz's five stages of awareness and then map it out for your target market. It's like, okay, what's their next step? What do they need to do next? What are they looking for help with? And how can I show them that they're going to get value from this, whether they go ahead with me or not? And when you can do that, you will have a good offer, kind of. It'll be better than what you have now, at least. So what's another example? This is a really good one. Super high ticket, obviously. I mean, a kitchen could be anywhere from 25,000 to a couple hundred thousand, depending on where they're at. Like that's very, very high ticket really understanding your avatar, understanding what that barrier is to the next step. What else do you have as far as offer augmentation goes? Yeah, but wait, there's more. Here's something I prepared earlier. So we'll just look at a little comeback to infomercials. But this client in the finance space, right, wouldn't give us any extra budget. Fine. And same traffic spend, new landing page and offer. The one that I showed you before is a brand new offer. I could go crazy wild and create a new offer. Finance, no bueno. I couldn't just be like, how come in for champagne and woohoo, let's talk about your business loans. That's not going to fly. We're going to change gears a little bit. But what we are going to do here is reposition the value of the offer. Remembering that when somebody lands on your landing page, we're all thinking this, no one's like holier than thou. This is what we're all thinking. So what? Who cares? What's in it for me? And they land here. So the old page was this. It's like, it's about invoice finance. Apply now, boring, boring. The conversion rate was 5.61%, CPA, 700 bucks. That's not that bad. Other media buyers would keep sending traffic and there's just nothing to write home about. So all we did was we spoke to the sales team because this is one of the ways that you can do research. We're like, what do people want? And they're like, oh, they want 100% of their unpaid invoices funded in seven days. I'm like, okay, cool. What's annoying to them? And they're like, oh, they're chasing like payments all the time. I'm like, okay, cool. What else? And they're like, oh, they want to fix cash flow gaps. Okay, great. And so I just took that information plus some others. We put it above the fold on the landing page, put a nice smiley, happy woman. And then we increased the conversion rate by 200%. 
we're not changing the offer. We're changing the perceived value. We're changing the positioning. We're, we're answering what's in it for me. In copywriting, it's called connecting the chain of logic. So not just dumping down big fat features and benefits, but contextualizing those benefits. How is it going to make their life easier? And this goes to a crazy long form. Nothing else changed. And so instead of just apply now, it's apply today and get your pre-approval in 24 hours. Yeah, see the difference? Now, that's, that's what we're doing. The offer is what they're going to get. The call to action is what they need to do to get it. And that's the difference on this one. And not only the conversion rate, but the CPA came down. I think the CPA has actually come down since I made this as well. And that's how you make your economics work in your marketing. This points to, I think, a problem that so many businesses have, which is they assume too much. Mm -hmm. They assume their customer, like, you know, they don't list on the site clearly. This is what we do. This is who we do it for. This is how we do it. In some cases, you actually, and I've done this personally, you feel like the assumption is safe. It's like, well, everybody knows what a media buyer is. If you're shopping for a media buyer, you know you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the answer is no, that's not necessarily true. A fun story that I have is I owned a Google Ads agency for two years before I heard or understood the term media buyer. Mm-hmm. So the primary naming convention offered to my industry by most enterprise customers, because I was never an enterprise customer, I'd never heard and I didn't know what it was. So if I hadn't heard that, how could my customer possibly? And so I think like just the clarity that you're providing here and managing some of these offers makes all the sense in the world. It's like the grandma test. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, go get the closest grandma to you and (laughs) put her in front of your website and see if she can figure out what it is that you offer. And if she can't, it's not her fault. You're the dummy. I'm imagining the news headlines like breakouts of grandma snatching happening, making people just grabbing grandmas from the, get in here and look at my website. I didn't website. say kidnap grandma, just for clarity's <laughs> No, you said grab the nearest grandma. That's ambiguous. It's recorded. But um, <laughs> You're right. I, I need to make sure that when yeah. perpetual traffic does not condone the kidnapping of grandmothers. <laughs> grandmothers. grandmothers. Yeah. grandmothers. Make sure it's one yeah. that knows you. Yeah. And- you need to get your first, the closest consensual grandma. That's better. See, I've dealt with compliance in my time. I've dealt with some, I call them the gargoyles. They castrate my pages, but I know that they wouldn't let you say that. Anyway, and your landing page is your digital salesperson. That's how I think of them. And so for a lot of the companies we work with, because we specialize in lead gen, it's actually a digital appointment setter. So would you like highly qualified, pre-frame educated leads? Or would you like people who randomly filled in a form and didn't really know what they were doing? Because it's very easy for me to do that. And that's the thing. We're not optimizing for more conversions on an opt-in page or a landing page. Your North Star metric is buyers, always. We have campaigns that convert lower, but they make more money. And we have, we'll, have, we'll keep a mixture of campaigns, but we're not optimizing. This is great, but just so everyone knows, it resulted in more moolah. It made more money for the client. That's the whole point. More Benjamins. More Benjamins. And it- more American Benjis. <laughs> Benjis in the bank. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that, Alicia, I was on your form because you've got a form that you link to from your YouTube channel for somebody to fill out if they want a uh, consultation, yeah, yeah. your Calendly yeah. form. And the thing that I thought was really interesting about it is it's a no bullshit form. Yeah, do you want me to show it like, on the to screen? To get on your calendar is, I mean, I think I counted like 18 form fields or something crazy. Yeah, because I don't want to talk to non-buyers. <laughs> and, like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what everybody's afraid of, right? Yeah. Is they don't want to push people away. And no, so no, they just I ask do. for name, phone, or email. But yeah, so wait, take us to the next page so, here. And this is the thing, right? 
in lead generation, there's two levers. There's quality and there's quantity. I don't need quantity. I do founder-led sales. I don't want 10 appointments booked into my calendar every single day. I want the right ones. These are the questions. Name, email, what's your paid ads budget per month? And then based on these questions, I probably cancel 30 to 50% of people who book in. Do you really? So you just cancel the message and say what? Oh, I give them a lot of value. But if I can't help them, why would I? That's a waste of both of our time. So I say something like, hey, Amanda, appreciate you booking in a time with me. I've gone through your application because that's what this is. It's applying. And I don't believe we're a good fit for these reasons. However, based on your um, application, here's what I think will be really helpful. And then I'll usually point them to a video that I have on my YouTube and one of our digital products, like our $17 offer creation program, because they're not actually ready for an agency. I can tell based on their answers. They're not, it's not the right time to invest with me. Or because I love money for nothing, if they are ready for an agency, but not a good fit for me, I'll refer them to one of my agency partners who take on smaller accounts. But yeah, this is it. And it would deter a lot of people, but the people who fill this in, they are what? They're buyers. Yeah, boy. So yeah, that's well, that's exactly right. <laughs> if I were a looky-loo and I was just trying to burn time or, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll have my EA go through and research something and he'll schedule appointments with the 15 top whatever just to get kind of a sense as to how they do their business. This would be one that he skips. Yeah. Which is smart on your behalf. Yeah. And it might change one day, but it's like, what are we optimizing for? I'm not a big volume agency. I take on two to four clients a month. I personally work with them all. We're not like a big bad marketing or probably not as big as like Solutions 8. You guys had a huge team. We're very much about having a lifestyle business where I work with clients that I like, that I handpick, and that's it. So I don't need volume leads. I need quality. I didn't mean to derail, but I appreciate you going through that because I think that's super important. And it spoke to what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, it's quality over quantity. On this example here, and this is a finance example, so I noticed first off in their previous page, their legacy page, they have two calls to action, which is like wow. sort of a mind bender unto itself. Apply now or learn more. Like, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. But tell me like what kind of traffic was being sent to this. Is this high intense search-based yes. traffic? Is this something from a Facebook ad? Like, give us a little bit of an idea because this is a huge lift. This is a 3x lift mm. in conversion rate. This is, like, this is a massive improvement. Yeah, this is Google Ads. And then we did the same thing. It's like there's trade finance, there's different types of finance. So people who are specifically looking for this type of finance are highly educated because not everybody in the buyer's journey has identified the type of finance they need. We've done the same top of the funnel, like B2B loans and stuff, but that's very competitive. You're going up against the big banks as well. So these pages get a buttload of traffic on Google high intent, actively searching for the type of finance that they want. Got it. And just to reiterate, for maybe somebody who didn't or missed the key component here, your headlines, sub-headlines, pre-headlines, all came from talking to the salespeople, which is obviously a form of market research. Ask yourself, if you're a business owner right now, how many times have you talked to your salespeople to get your marketing message? Chances are very few of you have. So that unto itself is a huge I try huge to never target. talk to my salespeople. You can't stop talking to them. Uh, <clears throat> he's going to listen to this and be pissed now. But no, that's a great example. So we've got one for sort of very high ticket. I mean, we've got this one here, which is highly competitive Google search. I didn't ask you about the traffic that was being sent to the Dallas 
kitchen remodel? Was that search as well? Surprisingly, that was Facebook. So That was Facebook. And it was no lead magnet straight to the landing page because they had such a huge following, huge on their personal brand and business brand. We could build a good audience on Facebook. So Facebook and I should say Meta. Do you want another one? Do one more. These are great. I've got more. More? There's more. more? Feed me. Okay, I'll show you this one. This one's in the health space. And in Australia, there's something called the NDIS. I don't know what's the equivalent, but it's like government packages for if you have disabilities or there's for elderly. This is for home care packages specifically. And we're working within some business constraints because this is a big business, like eight figures, high eight figures. So a little bit different to the home builder who was a bit smaller. And for this client, they want Calendly bookings in a boomer market. So we have improved their conversions and that's been great. We've taken their landing page from, I think, no, they were sending it to their website, their homepage, which was about 1%. And now on some of our Google ads campaigns, we're up to 8 to 10%, which is crazy. But what I want to show you on this is the funnel that we built around it. So, yes, with their calendar, this is like October last year when I last got the data, but 160 leads in October, their CPL, 130 to 200, and it's down, depending on the campaign. Great, they're happy, but there's people earlier in the buyer's journey who are very much not ready to commit to a calendar booking. So, how do we bring them into our ecosystem? And it's an ebook. And a lead magnet does not equal an ebook, but it does for this. And here it is five warning signs you're losing funds with your home care package. This is an offer. This is the authority beacon offer. This goes on an opt in page. Now, this got 831 leads. And I know, you know, I know they're not the same leads. We all know that. But on this opt in page, there's a phone number. So their sales team can call. And I don't always do that with clients because I prefer not to, but they had a hungry sales team who needed more leads. So these are $5.08 a lead. Cool. They can call them. But here's the kicker. If only 5% of people, of these people come through and we convert them with the funnel, that's $100 per booked call. So even if we only convert a very, 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 very small amount with a funnel, all of these leads... We've one, we've built a list and now they can nurture those leads and, and build the relationship and bring them down the buyer's journey. But two, we're getting cheaper call bookings as well when we track the metrics down the funnel. So you said if, do you know what the percentage of book calls is? So yeah, when I did this, this was more of like an estimate based on my experience. I do for this client, I'd need the data in front of me, but for any of our clients from a landing page, and this is hard because it goes over time, right? Like these people that we get capture at top of funnel can convert in two months, three months, six months, one year, two years, three years. So there's always like a tail end on it, which often depends on like the lead to sales time and the length of the sure. buyer's journey. Well, I'm not trying to play gotcha journalism because 5% feels like a very, very, very reasonable number. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious whether or not that's something that had ultimately been tracked. Because to the point that you're making, it feels like, I mean, you could get maybe half of those people on the phone at some point. Absolutely. And that's something that we'll just track over time because you don't get that data straight away. And that's what I say to the client. It's like the ebook lead isn't going to, conv- some of them will, some of them will be hyperactive. Usually about 3% will be hyperactive and we can get them within the first month. But a lot of them, you didn't have the lead captured before. You couldn't build a relationship. And now we've taken them off somebody else's platform that we didn't own 
now they're on the list and they're nurturing them. And now people are replying to the emails that go out weekly in their email marketing and going, oh yeah, I, w- I need help. But they didn't have that person before. And so now they can build that relationship. So it's a longer term nurture. And uh, as far as like them converting in October, yes. and here we are in February. I mean, obviously, there's no specific time frame, but it could be a month, it could be a week, it could be years. Yeah. And th- this is the thing that sometimes I got to shake my clients, but this is how I describe it. In lead generation, there's two things like come with me to the farm. There's harvesting for now and there's planting seeds for later. Most companies only focus on harvesting for now. What can I get now? What's ready now? Cutting down trees, cutting down trees. They are never, ever, ever planting seeds for later. And what does this mean? We're building pipeline. But nobody. Mm, what a great analogy that is, mm, cutting down trees. Yeah, they're just, as soon as right. something sprouts, they're like, gimme, give gimme give that. And they're ripping it out of the ground and they're never replanting. This is me replanting. This is me building pipeline. This is me planting seeds for later. So, yes, of course, we have the campaigns that are scooping up harvesting. Everything that's ready now, we're harvesting the crops. But if we're not planting stuff for the future, that's not how you build a good business. And so, as you can imagine, I need the right type of client who appreciates that and understands that because you've got to understand business to know that that's important. And not every business has the patience or understands that that's how you actually build a business. This is an asset that compounds over time. So you are an agency and you also sell a fair amount of information products to educate these people. Mm. Those people, like you're farming, you're I hate the expression. I don't know where this comes from. You're eating your own dog food, yeah. which basically means you're <laughs> preaching this and you actually do it in yeah. America. I don't know why we say that, but anyway, we say it. But the point is, is you do both. And the agency side, there's a lot of clients that need offers. There's a lot of clients that have offers that maybe worked, oh, back in, you know, I hear this all the time. Back in 2019, back in 2018, we were killing it on Facebook. And now, we can't, or 2020, or like name your date. So talk to me about some of the, maybe the fails that you've had. Maybe the client that you took on and you're like, I think I can really work with them, but then it just doesn't work out. What was lacking? And it's okay to blame the client because sometimes the client is responsible. (laughs) It's a two-way street here, right? Because they have to be open to your suggestions, Let's talk about maybe some of those things. And then people learn more from failures than they do from their successes in a lot of cases. So, mm. Marketing's a humbling sport, right? It's a, huh. it's a very humbling huh. sport. Most <laughs> profound thing anybody has said today. <laughs> and, yes. and I'm very good. I've done this 600 times, more than 600 times. That's just like what I've counted. I built the team at King Kong from scratch. I built the sales funnels, I'd built it at Founder. I've done Brazilian butt lift doctors, porn addiction counselors, Linktree is one of our clients, Kogan. I've done it a lot and I still fail, but I always know why I've failed and it's because I've mucked up one of those phases, research, strategy, execution. And now that I have that framework, because I've failed epically so many times, I can just go back and think, okay, was my research wrong? Was my strategy wrong? Or did I cook the execution? So just so everybody knows, that's what you can learn from my failures. More specifically, oh my God, we don't even have the time, but what's what's the reason? (laughs) Plus, because marketing is iterative. And so recently we launched a client's campaign in the video production space. And my call as the strategist was to go niche on corporate video with their budget. It was stupid. There wasn't enough clicks. We weren't getting enough data. 
and the page was great, but now we're going broader on video production and testing the campaign. What else? What other dumb stuff have I done? I split tests because we run CRO for our clients. I choose a split test and that doesn't work. And it's fine because it's iterative. And I always just make sure that when I do fail, I learn from it. That's it. There's no failures. The only failure is not learning from it. And that's what I think a lot of poor client-side marketing managers and a lot of agencies are held at gunpoint because people expect marketing to be right the first time. And so people say to me, well, what are your guarantees? And I'm like, bro, imagine if I could guarantee to you, I'm going to make this work. I wouldn't be charging you this amount. I'd be charging you millions of dollars because I'm guaranteeing that your marketing is going to work. There's so many things at play and there's so many variables Anyway, wow, you really fired me up. Enrant, I am a failure and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to fail, marketers, because that's the part of the job that people don't embrace enough. And I fail every day. Of course I do. That's how you learn. Yeah. It's great because I think we've all dealt with those customers <laughs> or clients well, or whatever. You know, what's interesting about those clients is they put themselves at such a disadvantage. Even if you're dealing with a really good marketer, if you bring them in and you force them to only work on the things that they know can yield returns, it's a very, 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 very narrow window they're working within. Exactly. And there are those things that you can be really confident about, especially if you have experience in that specific industry, but there's no room for experimentation and that's where all the magic is in marketing. Exactly. And so one of the things, because I qualify hard, you've seen the form, then in my proposal, in my proposal, there's a slide that says, here's six reasons why you shouldn't work with me. Oh, I have that on my website. Yeah. Why you shouldn't mm. work with Solutions yeah. 8. I love and that. And one of them is, you want a waitress, not a strategist. And it says, if you want to come in and tell me how to do marketing, do not pay me a cent. Because I'm like, if you knew it, you'd be doing it. And so we're partners. I trust my client. They have wonderful ideas and dumb ideas. So do I. But they're the industry matter expert. And I trust them for that explicitly, I trust them for that. But I don't trust them on, if the research is telling me one thing, I trust that because I haven't drunk the Kool-Aid about their company. The stuff they want to talk about is this, they've got the curse of knowledge, right? They want to talk about dumb shit no one cares about, as I tell them. It's like, no, no, no one cares about that in your marketing. This is what we're going to do. We're your strategist, not your waitress. That's great. And even if you nail the research strategy execution and you hit on all of those what a lot of clients don't understand is you still have maybe a one in five yep. like mm-hmm. hit rate mm-hmm. is what we've said many, many times. Like, so if you're two out of 10, you're doing well, three out of 10, you're like hall of fame. Mm-hmm. It's like, that still means that you're going to fail seven times. It's a baseball analogy. Ralph explains a sports analogy, Alicia, for my benefit, not for yours. Just, <laughs> I know. You know. I'm, I'm just glazing saying over. I'm looking baseball, at the birds. I'm like, yes, yeah, sport. <laughs> the ball. Similar to cricket, but not really. Like you lost me more at cricket. Mm. Yeah. They wear a glove, so it doesn't hurt their little delicate hands. But the point is, is like, even if you do everything right, there's still a high degree of failure. If you skip one of those steps or don't do as much research as you know that you should be doing, which AI helps a lot with now. And we certainly do that on our end, but sometimes it just misses the mark. It's like we might come out with five or six different overall messaging, not even ads, but just like messaging themes. And only one out of those five might even get any sort of resonance. And it's like, damn. But I mean, thankfully, it doesn't happen that often, but that's about the average. It's about one in five. And like the other ones, you just sort of throw aside and you learn from them and you iterate. And then you move on from there. 
So even if you do it right, I think there's a, a high degree of failure. Last question for you is when you have an offer and then it's suddenly stuck, like you've figured out like how it works, like this one that we're seeing here on perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, as well as the two previous examples, those are ones that are working. Do you find that the market tires and then you have to go back to the well often? I guess it sort of depends on what type of traffic. One of the reasons why I was asking you is like, is that some of that search? Is some of that paid social where it's more interruption marketing? The lifespan of an offer itself, how often do you feel it needs to be resuscitated or like refreshed in a lot of ways? Mm, I'll give you the most annoying marketer answer ever. It depends. It depends. It depends. Mm. It depends. But our goal is... I will not accept that, by the way, because <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> Try again. So <laughs> let me elaborate. It depends, but our goal is always to make an evergreen offer. Evergreen meaning it should just last as long as possible. So I've launched offers back in the day when I was at King Kong that I know companies are still running. I see them still running it. And that's years. I launch offers in some markets and they just dry up and then we just sometimes it's not creating a new one, it's just repositioning the offer. Usually the offer is always the same. It's the thing you do, right? It's just how you explain it. And so you should always be testing it. My thing is change your offer, change your business. Don't just set out an offer and maybe not test it. The caveat to that is don't just launch a new offer if you've got something working. So you can test new offers, but treat it like an, here we go, an NBA team, boys, sport. Ooh, so we have one really good player and we're not going to stop that good player playing because we have some other players, right? We want to create a team of all-stars. So you kind of always, or this is how we treat ads. This is how we treat offers. We're testing out different things back here. They're in the training camp and then the good ones make it to the team. But I don't stop the good people in the team just because someone else has come in. Yeah, sometimes you retire That's them. That's such a good point because so many people are just addicted yeah. to testing offers yeah. and trying new things. I've got clients right now, hopefully they don't listen, who they stop doing things because they work too well. I swear to God, they're just like, oh, we, we rolled up this new, and I'm like, why? The well hasn't run dry. There's still enough audience. Like we're scaling up. Why are you, and they can't help themselves. They're like little crack addicts. Yep, yep. And crack-a-lack addicts. crack a And the amount, of, the amount of times, even when I used to do it more, like when I did more consulting and not so much the agency. And my first question is, what used to work? And they'd go, blah. And I'm like, why don't we do blah anymore? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, that will be $20,000. Thank you. We got shiny shiny object syndrome. That's all it is, right? It's like, let's just turn that thing back on. And then they're like, oh, okay. Mary Poppins out. We turned it off because it was working so well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's it's crazy. I would say a, a caveat to the answer to that question and, and to buttress that answer is that I think if there is constantly new people coming into your market that have never seen your offer, for example, we have a client is in the ADHD space, ADD space, and they're constantly having like new moms are constantly cycling into that like 12 to 15 demographic or 8 to 12 demographic. They're constantly coming in. Newborn mothers is another one, another client that we have. They only needed it for this eight, nine months period of time. And then a whole new market comes in. You can have an offer that Forever. just crushes for years and years because it's constantly being refreshed. Whereas if it's a real estate investing yeah. 
offer and you're targeting real estate investing on Facebook or Meta, at a certain point, you're going to penetrate that market with that offer. And you're going, I think it has a shorter lifespan, at least in my experience. Not That's not to say that new real estate investors aren't coming into the market all the time, but it's not as like drastic. So uh, I think it lends itself in a lot of ways to search-based traffic. This is the reason why I think Google is a little bit more on the side of, I'm not going to say it's like set it and forget it, but you know we do have campaigns that we haven't touched in quite some time. Custom does as well on the Solutions 8 side where that never happens on Meta, rarely if ever. Would you agree with that logic or no? Yeah, I like the way that you answered it. That's the new way I'll answer it. Thank you. That was good. <laughs> I wish like you that from you. <laughs> yeah. that, that is mine now. That is yours. That is it's mine. from your grandfather. Yes. <laughs> Thank yep. you, granddaddy. <laughs> I will pass that down the lineage. Very good. <laughs> yeah, you will now be we teaching have to someone who Alicia discovers. Uh, it's just, you know, there's some unknown person out there. It's going to yeah, happen. Just waiting. Yeah. And like, this has been tremendous. Okay, yes, yeah, carry gather around. Gather around. Let me tell you, there was a time lineage. when I went on perpetual traffic <laughs> way back in 24. Let me tell you. So, where can people get in touch with you? Where's the best place to connect with you? So, the best place is if you want to check out our website, that's persuasionexperience.com. I know there's a lot of letters in there. It's annoying, but you'll figure it out. And then my name, which also has a lot of letters, Alicia Conlon Heard. I'm on LinkedIn. YouTube, Instagram. And if you ever have any questions or um, you want to send me a landing page and you want me to tell you everything wrong with it, feel free. I love it. It's my favorite activity. Let's do it. All right. We will just, hurt your feelings. Just so you know. I will call yeah. your baby ugly just so you're very yeah, ready. Right. She'll smack that baby. There's this, right? <laughs> right you're still hurting from that smackdown before we will leave links in the show notes for all of that if uh, you don't know how to s- spell persuasion chances are you probably don't if you've been listening to the show for any period of time we'll make sure that those links are there so you can connect with alicia this has been absolutely amazing i think like i said this is such an important part of what drives business and i think it's almost the most overlooked. I think you've given uh, a lot of great insights here and some great examples. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. Speaking of examples, I went down the rabbit hole of your case studies on your site, the how we did it. Mm-hmm. And so if you do head over to persuasionexperience.com, like make sure to check out the case studies because they're awesome. Like You guys did a really good job with your case studies. Thank you. Yeah, I full on rabbit hole. There's a bunch there to just dig into. It's pretty cool stuff. So make sure that you do follow us and subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever that might be. And as I stated earlier, if you weren't watching this on our YouTube channel, I highly recommend that you head on over there and check out the examples that we talked about. That, of course, is at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. Follow me, Ralph Burns, on LinkedIn and Kasim on uh, the Twitters and other socials at Kasim Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes and all resources and show notes and how you can connect with Alicia will be over at perpetualtraffic.com. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasa Muslim, peace. Till next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 